Hey, welcome to the Ask a Pastor podcast. I am really excited for this episode. We are jumping into the subject of dating. Um, before we get into it, let's, uh, we'll each introduce ourselves, give us uh, what you do at Orchard Hill, your name, of course, and uh, your relational status and longevity. I'm Kurt. I uh, serve as one of the pastors at Orchard Hill. I have been married to the same woman for 28 years. I knew I recognized you. (laughs) Uh, Joel, uh, strip district campus pastor, married uh, for... uh, I just literally drew a blank. It's uh, 2011. No, it wasn't 2011. 2007. There we go. So 12 years. (laughs) I'm Allison. I work with the high school student ministry, and I'm single. I'm Evan Bram. I work with the middle schoolers, and I've been married for a little over two years. All right, so we have to ask this question before we jump in. Um, Give us your best winter date idea, Evan. Mm. Well, I'm a big fan of the winter. I'm a big fan of the snow, Um, but my wife is not a fan of the cold, so it'd definitely be something indoors. Because you got to play to your audience. Because, you know, if it's outside, That's you good. don't like the cold already. <laughs> that that may be worth the whole podcast right there. Play to your audience. Evan Brown. There it is. Does the buzzer mean I'm done? Does that mean I'm good? I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, just, I, I love food. I love eating. And I think Pittsburgh has a lot of great restaurants. So somewhere that just has like a good, warm vibe and you can eat food. And it's cold outside, but you're warm inside. And I'd say that's a, it's a good time. Nice. Yeah. Nice. You're next. Um, yeah, probably something inside, like some food, I like food, maybe some coffee. Um, I can't ice skate. So if someone takes my ice skating, y'all are going to have to help me up. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That might be playing to the audience. Uh, you know. it might be. Uh, when, I, when my wife and I were dating in Chicago, uh, we would often, it was like, we were right in the city, so we would often just like go to hotel lobbies and just hang out in the lobby because we didn't want to hang out on campus. So that was like our favorite winter date, random hotel lobbies. And, and you like free. saw the city. It's yeah. free. Uh, if I were doing it today, I would maybe do something like skiing or something like that. That's, I'm just stealing that from Evan though. So Yeah. <laughs> uh, mine would be fairly easy. My wife loves to ice skate, so the opposite end. So if I, if she can get a chance to ice skate, especially one of those big outdoor things where you go round and round. Like PPG? Yeah, downtown. PPG or something like that. That's always a hit with, you know, a nice meal afterward and so on. So yeah. that'd be easy. All right. Nice. Hot chocolate. Or around. Go around and round. <laughs> I guess that's what you do in ice skating, right? You tell what I think of the ice skating. <laughs> that's right. Oh, man. So our question specifically is, how do you date to the glory of God? Um, I think we need to begin by recognizing that in the history of humanity, um, the ability to choose your spouse is kind of unique. Not unique, but the majority of marriages have been the result of not choosing your spouse. It's been the result of somebody else choosing for you, right? Mm. Uh, do I have that right? Yeah. That's so certainly... Um, uh, it certainly uh, certainly has been true at periods. I don't know. Yeah. How much, so, um, but we're in this era where like dating is the only way that you get married, at least in in our part of the world in this day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how? Uh, let's just jump into it. How? What does it mean to date to the glory of God? Hmm. 
Evan. It's a great <laughs> question. Yeah, I'm gonna, we're going to have to figure out how we're going to jump in here. I don't know. But, um, is I, playing to the crowd, to the glory. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think um, the first thing that comes to my mind is without understanding a biblical description and God's heart for marriage, I don't think that any believer is going to date well. Um, so I do think it starts there with, with looking biblically, okay, you know, what is God's heart? What is God's design for marriage? What is the, the role of men and women in marriage? Um, and, and what is the picture of Christ in the church that is created in marriage? Um, and to understand the weight of that and the sanctity of that, I think, lays a foundation for dating well. I think going in just like being like, well, hey, I just want to get to know someone and I just want to know what I like and don't like and um, I just want to have, or, or maybe just, because I feel like those are both good things, but but I just want to have fun. I just want to date around. You know, I don't I don't think with going with those mindsets is going to lay a foundation to date well. So that's so where I would start. So you're making an assumption that dating is for the purpose of marriage. Is that, uh, is that what you're saying? I, I mean, from where I stand, I would say yes. I would say in a Christian circle, um, I don't see a, a point in dating if you don't – if you say there's no way I'm going to marry this person, I, I don't see it as being a positive or being the best thing for you in your relationship with the Lord to continue to, to date that person. So is it wrong for someone to go on a date if they uh... – to go on one date if they don't see themselves marrying that person. Yeah, I would say no, because and I don't think that contradicts what I just said because the even though it clearly does. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, would, I would say that you know what I said before is kind of like the the trajectory of of what you're doing in that relationship. You know, if if you're if you see in a long term trajectory like this is not going to marriage, um, that is the 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 course of this, that is the theme of this marriage. I'm not going uh, to, the not married. Sorry. You're actually asking two different questions in a sense. Cause I think Evan, what you're probably talking about <clears throat> is dating relationship. You're, you're saying to be in a dating relationship with somebody where you're dating mm-hmm. without seeing a future, you're not sure is, mm-hmm. is a wise choice. Yes. Oh, and we're talking about going on dates. Joel asking the going on a date That's where true. you don't really okay. know the person yet. Don't know. Like, like, like to me, that would seem, um, yeah, to say I need to see if somebody as marriage material. Yeah, before I'd even that's go a on good a clarification date. to make. Whereas you may not know until you've been on a handful of dates. Yeah, you know, until you've spent some time with a person. Yeah. Um, and and I'll just jump in here for a second. I mean, I'd be interested in in how if you agree with with Evan's overall take on that. Um, I think a lot of times in our culture, people rule people out too quickly because we look at people on the superficial elements of are they attractive are they this are they that and not that those things are unimportant but but what makes somebody a good spouse in and a god honoring marriage is very different than what we tend to assess as mm-hmm. being key and so um you know when you you ask first how do we date to the glory of god you, you probably have to ask that question right off is is what is what is a God honoring marriage look like? And I think that's what you're saying. And if, and if you hit a point where you say this person can't be, but I think we actually do the opposite. And that is we say, I won't even go out with somebody who could be that Hmm. because they aren't 
um, hot enough yeah. uh, kind of a thing. So do, do you guys agree with Evan's take of uh, you shouldn't date somebody that you don't see as being marriageable? I think so. I think I'd have a hard time saying, uh, I, I don't know that I'd be able to call it a sin, but, um, but to say, yeah, I think that would be an unwise thing. Um, and I, yeah. And especially if you're leading that person on, if they're interested in marriage. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's where it's like on a date, like you have to be clear with those intentions and everything. It's like, but it's also good to like take a chance on that date and to see, and you're obviously like not going to know if that person's like going to be your spouse the first date. And so like giving them a chance and everything. That's what I think. So Allison, as the single person who uh, wants to be married, someday okay um (laughs) just making sure okay (laughs) um what are some qualities that you particularly look for um just as you think about marrying somebody one day um i think like an obvious one is that they love the lord and they're like fully committed to him and um a big one for me is like they support like my passions and just being in ministry and they want to like walk alongside that they don't like obviously have to be in ministry but if they see that as an importance in my life and um yeah just someone who's humble and kind and um yeah i would say those are yeah tough ones so. yeah i think you know your statement about the person obviously being a christian is is an important one and mm-hmm. not not one uh uh, that is obvious to a lot of people. So can you explain why? Why is it that, you know, it sounds like you're saying that that's an essential thing, that you wouldn't marry somebody who's not a Christian. Why mm-hmm. is that? Um, and scripture talks about a marriage covenant being like unequally yoked. And so I just believe that both of, you know, the people in that covenant marriage and relationship should know who Christ is and have that relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Um, Evan, what would you say if somebody said that that is uh, uh, narrow-minded to say that uh, a Christian should only marry a Christian? Yeah, and first I think what Kurt said earlier about it's easy to jump in too quickly and disqualify people too quickly because of like a characteristic, oh, they're not hot enough or they're not funny enough or something. Um, it... it I think it it would be narrow-minded in the sense to say I'm going to before I even get to know this person judge their heart and and make a discernment for myself if they're a Christian or not and you know sometimes we're provided with evidence on the outside that may lead us to a certain conclusion but um, I think in that it I don't want to go too farther but say it may we may make a judgment too quickly Um, but that said I, I do not think it's at all narrow-minded to say I want to marry someone who is a Christian and only marry someone who is a Christian because if that is the center of your identity, if that's the core of who you are, if that is what you are striving to, if you're striving to become more like Christ in your daily life and, and that is what and who is going to define your life, someone who doesn't define their life in that way will do nothing but pull you back from that. Um, so for the sake of someone's relationship with Christ, if you say that is the most important thing in your life, it does only make sense, I think, to, to marry someone who is a Christian. I think what people sometimes, because um, I've gotten some pushback on this, um, and I think what sometimes people don't understand is that 
to, to us, our faith is the defining characteristic of our life. And so to enter into a marriage with somebody who doesn't share that, um, I mean, heck, I wouldn't marry somebody who had a radically different perspective on finances than me. Like somebody who, you know, says, let's just rack up all the consumer debt that we can. It doesn't matter. We'll just pass it on to our kids one day. Um, I'd probably walk away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, if my faith is the most important thing about me, I'd be crazy to marry somebody that says, you know, I don't believe your definition of reality. And I think we'd say the same thing to somebody who's, uh, you know, a committed uh, faithful Muslim marrying somebody who's an atheist, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I think the same thing would hold true there, um, even though we wouldn't use the Bible as a, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, what, what's your take on that? No, I think you've defined that and stated that well, that, um, that if that is the most important thing to you, I mean, it is a clear command, 2 Corinthians six fourteen, don't be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. So there is that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, um, just the wisdom side is also what you're appealing to because for a lot of people saying, well, I know it says that, but I really like her. I really like him. Uh, it'll be okay. It's a wisdom issue as well. Uh, and that's what you're driving at. And I think that's, that's right. Um, the, 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 the only other thing I'd say about that is sometimes it's hard to know where somebody is entirely mm-hmm. and where they are today may not be where they end up. But you also want to be careful that you don't take on a project uh, and assume that somebody will be different than they are today because generally um, if something's a problem before marriage, it'll be a bigger problem after, not less of a problem. Mm-hmm. And um, but, but I think the issue there is not judging too quickly, especially on somebody's spiritual life. Um, what I think Christians tend to do is assume that if somebody is spiritually mature, deep, whatever, that their faith has to look like your faith, meaning they have to express it the way you express it. And what can happen is you can, you can look at somebody else very quickly and say, well, you know, they don't study their Bible as much as I do. They don't serve like I do. They don't raise their hands like I do, whatever it is you do. And you can miss the depth of somebody's real heart and soul that may express their faith very differently and may be just as deep or deeper than your own faith, and and so, and so you have to be really careful with that, with, with not being too quick to make that assessment that oh they're not spiritual enough. Mm-hmm. Like, like okay maybe they're a Christian but they they're not spiritual enough. Uh, you may be surprised sometimes by by that. As somebody who has uh, time in in your favor, looking back, I've I've actually I think you've said this a few times where you feel like you hit the jackpot, like looking back at the decisions that you made and like, how, how could I have known? Like, there's no way you could have known as a, how old were you when you met faith? We were 19 and 20. Yeah. yeah. To, to make that big of a decision at that age. So we were 12. We've been married 20 years. We were 12. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So what would you say are some of the characteristics now that you would say to somebody, these are the things that you need to look for in a, in a future spouse? Well, one of the reasons I say what I even just said a moment ago is is when Faith and I started dating, um, I did not see the depth of her spiritual life. And, and so we were kind of on and off a little because I thought, well, you'd need to do it kind of like I do it. And her faith has been such a, a significant part of our lives, my marriage, our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, when I look back, 
the shared faith journey is um, beyond essential in my estimation in terms of of life, especially having gone into quote unquote ministry. I, uh, I don't always love that word vocational ministry probably because every Christian should be in ministry, but uh, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, but, but being in vocational ministry, there are, um, there are a lot of things that happen that, that if you don't have um, uh, a shared journey in that area would just make it really really hard and parenting all of that so uh, the other things are a lot more mundane um, my wife is incredibly um, hardworking plucky whatever word you want to use uh, plucky probably isn't the best word but uh, <laughs> um, what I mean by that is uh, that's right <laughs> do that to myself <laughs> what I mean is is she's so resilient and willing to to just go at anything that needs to be done and that lives really well over time Um, like looking Mm -hmm. back I mean you just you can't anticipate what it's like to have four kids and diapers and uh, projects and you you know when you're dating you just you have no concept of of what that's like and just to have somebody who who is um, yeah just has that kind of uh, an approach is been substantial um you know she's fun she's kind uh it, when i got married and this is what i think i've probably said publicly that you're alluding to you know i was 22 so i'm thinking you know she's pretty she's fun she's smart she loves jesus what could go wrong <laughs> um, and and i just didn't understand yeah. the depth of how much marriage marks you and how much mm. the abiding character of a person impacts your life when you marry them. Yeah. And, and at 22, I didn't even understand uh, just some of the, the dynamics of relational unhealth. And that's what I mean. Like, like there was just, you know, looking back, it's like I could have missed all kinds of stuff. That was God's good grace. Yeah. And, uh, and so what I've said to my boys who are, you know, starting to push into ages of dating and marriage and all of that is, is let us weigh in on your decision because <laughs> we've seen more now, um, although that didn't necessarily happen. Um, and, uh, um, but, but be prayerful, be, you know, don't just, um, make, make assumptions yeah. quickly. I, I don't know if that makes any sense. But. Yeah, sure. Um, Having done uh, the premarital quizzes things and comparing results. By the way, how did uh, Evan and Hallie do on that? They were compatible. <laughs> nice. Good. Yes. Good. Yes. Good. I officiated Evan and Hallie's wedding, which was a joyous occasion. Oh, that's and, awesome. uh, You did a great job. We were they, married at the end of the day. That, so. right. And they're still married. Yes. That's right. So, so, so far, so good. <laughs> Um, the first section in that is always on communication. Um, you know, people fill out this test, you compare results and I guess I just never realized how big of a deal that is the ability to communicate well with each other. Like that's one of those things where you go through like the premarital subjects and like everything that comes after that, like the tool that you use to solve those problems is communication. And if you can't communicate well, you're going to have all kinds of problems. But you know what's interesting about this, and I've said this too probably publicly, but certainly I say this to couples. When I sit with couples that are getting ready to get married and I ask them what's good in your relationship, almost always they'll say, we can talk, we can communicate. We really 
can communicate. That's what we love about each other. And almost always when I sit with couples that are headed toward divorce and I say, what's wrong? Hmm. I can't talk to her. I can't talk to him. She doesn't get me. He doesn't listen to me. Uh, and, And so, so somewhere in the dynamic of a relationship, Part of what draws people together is they think they can communicate, and part of what breaks down hmm. is the inability to communicate. Hmm. And and I'm not sure entirely how to even script that in the early years of marriage yeah. because that is when you it, it because it's usually after the dating and it's an early marriage where you actually develop your real patterns of communication. Hmm. It's the first conflict when you can't leave. It's the first uh, time that you say, oh, my goodness, you just said that. I can't believe that you would say that to me Hmm. Um, because you're still kind of on your good behavior uh, to a degree, at least until you're you're married. And then all of a sudden you you say, "Okay, here it is. And and there's a little more to to work through. So. So what would you guys say just, uh, you know, you're speaking to people that are, uh, in the throes of dating and trying to find a future spouse. What advice would you give them, uh, just about how to, how to go about dating? I think like a huge thing is like going into it and recognizing like there's no perfect person. Mm -hmm. I I don't think there's like the one, like, I think God gives us like that free will in choosing a spouse and like he, he already knows who we're going to choose at the end of the day, you know? So just recognizing that there's two mutually flawed people in this relationship, there's going to be issues. But like Kurt was saying, like communication is key and trying to go forward in that, you know, in a healthy manner and also recognizing any relationship, like it's not going to be perfect. It may not end in marriage either. And so recognizing that you got to take a risk sometimes and opening your heart is also risky and everything, but also um just like referring to I was almost in a relationship end of last year um but something that me and the guy talked about at the beginning was just like hey like we recognize like this may not work out and that's okay and leaving that person better off than you originally like found them per se hmm. it's like the boy scout motto respecting the place um oh go ahead yeah i, I mean i I think just from my experience in in college, like I don't think this is prescriptive, um, but this is just what I experienced when I when I was going to college. I was serious about my faith, and I and I figured I was like, all right, like I'm gonna go, and like there's a whole new pool of, of girls that are gonna be there, and like they're gonna meet a lot of great Christian girls who are serious about their faith too, and probably gonna meet my wife within the first couple months of being there. Like, why wouldn't I? I'm I'm serious about my faith. I'm gonna meet girls who are serious about their faith. <laughs> hey, I agree. That's a horrible mindset. You can ask me on that. I went to a Christian school, and I, yeah, that, that was like that was like this huge thing. Yeah, and so and yes, Ring so before spring. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And so that was my mindset, and and I and I got into a relationship with like the first Christian girl who showed interest in me, and it lasted two months, and because it just kind of like puttered out, and I was like really confused at the end of that because I was like, I thought I did everything right, I thought I had all the pieces together, and it was gonna go right, mm-hmm. and you know for a couple years after that, kind of floundered and was growing in my faith, but like struggling to find my identity because I I just kind of figured it was going to land there and, you know, just made some bad decisions. Um, And then finally, I think by my senior year, I was in a point where I said, 
Like, God, I came into college expecting to leave and get married shortly after, and I am finally realizing that I'm totally okay that I graduate single and that I've grown so much closer to you because of that. Um, and lived for most of my senior year like that. Or, sorry, that was my junior year because it was the summer after my junior year I met Hallie. So <laughs> lived most of my junior year like that and, and was finally okay with being single and knew that I was closer to God because of it. Um, and then after reaching that mindset and being able to realize that, then met Hallie. I said at the beginning, not prescriptive, because I don't believe that everyone who can get themselves to a point where they say, God, I'm okay with being single, then God will deliver a spouse. Um, but that that was my experience, and, and Hallie actually had one similar to it. Well, well, it's a good point, though. If you're not okay being alone, you're not going to be okay with somebody else because mm-hmm. you load too much into that relationship. And so although it's not a, like you said, a, oh, now that I'm okay, I'll get, but, but it's certainly a health thing where mm-hmm. you, if you're not healthy, if you say I have to have somebody, um, right now, and that doesn't mean you don't want them or want somebody or articulate that. I think it's unhealthy to not articulate that if it's true. Um, so, so I think that's, that's wise. Yeah. I think it's cool that you, you and Hallie both had like those moments of like surrendering that to the Lord. But I also think in Christian culture, it's a lie that when it's like, Oh, once I get close to the Lord, then, Mm. you know, I'll get a spouse or, you know, in that situation. I'm not saying that like, right. No, I agree with you. That's why I made sure I made the caveat. This is not prescriptive because then we go in like expecting God, Mm -hmm. God, now you better deliver. Like I'm good with you. Where's my (laughs) wife? (laughs) We can't expect that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you, something else I would add about dating, um, and I think sometimes we put too much pressure on dating, <laughs> and what would be healthier is friendship cultivation, hmm. and then let it grow, because the best marriages are friendships uh, at the end of the day that have romance involved, rather than romances that try to augment hmm. friendship. Hmm. And, and I think too often people try to start relationships with romance rather than friendship. Hmm. And if you can build friendship and add romance, um, you're building something that has a much better chance to be sustained long-term um, yeah. than the mm-hmm. other way around. Coming back to something that Allison said, um, how, how important do you think compatib- com- compatibility is in, uh, as somebody's trying to select a, a future spouse? And by compatibility, you mean... Um, well, Allison alluded to, you know, there might not be, you know, the one out there for you. So how important is it for people to find somebody that, you know, they're going to be compatible with that they're going to, um, you know, when they take the, the premarital test, it says, you know, we agree about all these things versus, um, you know, arranged marriages have succeeded for, you know, since the beginning of this world, um, now that doesn't mean that they were happy or uh, <laughs> <laughs> or anything, but so so how important should somebody uh, how how much should somebody value? What, what do you guys think? Um, well, I think like you obviously don't complete someone, but in order for like a healthy relationship, like those two people complement each other, and so I think differences in personality, like sometimes those work out, and ultimately it's like up to the you know to you it's like am I compatible with this person or is it like you know does it feel like this brick wall between us you know but I I do think it's okay to be like 
completely different if you know you guys work out it's it's funny in that like uh like in some relationships people are opposites mm-hmm. and their and their oppositeness is beneficial to that yeah. relationship in my relationship with my wife we are not opposites we are so similar in so many stinking ways like uh you know on the enneagram test like we're very similar in our personalities we're not the same and it's that similarityness similarness um that helps us have a good relationship but on the other hand it gives us lopsided parenting Mm -hmm. um so it's like both of those things can can work out and be true that like you know, you having different personalities complementing each other or very similar personalities that sort of support each other. Anyway. Yeah. Evan thoughts. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know where that, that leaves us then because, um, you know, my wife and I would say have some similarities, but also ha- have some big differences. And I've like gotten to see the ways that she's different from me, challenge me and push me and grow me. Um, and, I am so thankful for them. Hmm. Um, and, and so I wonder if, you know, I think when we think of compatibility, sometimes you either think of, okay, we got to be opposite because we got to check every box across the board so we can like together make a complete piece. Or I have to find the carbon copy of myself because we're going to be best friends and do all the same, you know, do all the same stuff together. And I think both of those are, are probably an unreasonable expectation. Um, and I do think that, the ultimate determination for the compatibility is kind of what we went back to at the start. And that's our, both of you grounded, um, in Jesus Christ. And, you know, without that, you're not going to be compatible at all. I mean, I don't think I totally answered the question, but I think God can bless and God can bring together any any kind of person that he wants if both of them are grounded in him. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, um, probably well stated to say you've heard opposites attract but people who are like live better together Hmm. Uh, that's probably true Um, and you probably want more compatibility rather than less on more things and there's a lot of things besides faith certainly faith is high on that list if not the highest but Joel mentioned earlier just financial patterns spending Mm. Uh, preferences for how you do vacation. What do you do with the night that you don't have an obligation? Do you want to go out with friends? Do you want to be home alone? Do you, mm-hmm. you know, do you like to grow vegetables in your back garden or do you like to go to the store? I, I, you know, those are goofy, but they really play into do you do life together? Do you not? And and certainly there will be differences in any two people at some point that are substantial, and those you need to celebrate, but you need to have enough compatibility that that you're not constantly at odds about how you want to do life. And, and so that's, um, that, that's what I would say is that, is that you, yeah. you want to find those. Mm-hmm. And, and the truth is, even though people say opposites attract, you know, I love that she's like that or he's like that. And there's some of that, but you also want somebody who sees the world the way you do. And that's when I talked earlier about friendship. Um, I, I think it was, uh, maybe one of the C.S. Lewis books, uh, The Four Loves, where he talks about friendship. And, and what he talks about is that, is that the essence of friendship is seeing the world and saying, me too, or the same way. Mm. And, and what makes friendship is those me too moments. It, that didn't come out right in today's culture, but um, <laughs> the, the, the I see it the way you see it moments, mm. because that's when you feel known and you, you feel a connection. 
and mm. and that's true, you know, um, just in friendship in general. Uh, you know, if I'm with somebody and we say, oh, you know, I watched the Steeler game and this is how I saw it. Oh, I saw it the same way. You mm. feel a little bond. Mm. You go to a brewery and you say, hey, that, you know, I love that beer. I didn't like that one. And here's why. It, well, okay. You, you feel a connection. The more of those you have with somebody that you're trying to build a life with, the stronger your life will be. Mm. Um, and uh, But at the same time, there will be things where you say, I hate what you like and you like what I hate. And now we have to find... Uh, ways to celebrate those differences rather than uh, but but if you don't have the underlying compatibility then those things become huge hmm. irritants um let's go in a different direction what is the role of sexual desire and attraction in a dating relationship before before being married hmm. evan that's a good question <laughs> that's I mean, a good question uh, for someone else uh, yeah <laughs> You know, as someone who has made a mess of this in my own life, you know, that um, I, I think a lot of times I just look to when Paul says, if if you burn with passion, it's better for you to marry. And I'm just like thankful. I'm just thankful to God that I married young and um, he, he set me up for that. And that um, Hallie, he has used Hallie to be a huge catalyst of growth for me in that area. So that's just in, in my early life, I just made a mess of that. So I don't think I'm a good example of that um, or a good example of an earlier dating relationships, how to handle that appropriately. Um, but so that's a, it's a very good question. But I think that's that's my experience, at least. Yeah. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> uh, what is the role of sexual desire and attraction in dating and yeah. um, including, you know, how do you uh, protect that mm -hmm. um, while you're dating? Yeah. Uh, I think, like, attraction's important in the dating relationship, but it's, like we talked about earlier at the beginning of this, it's not the ultimate number one thing, you know? And I believe that once a person's married, like, you know, the Lord wants us to save the intimacy until that marriage covenant. And so I also think that attraction will also increase in the marriage. But I think in, like, the dating relationship, I think there's there's so much pressure, you know, to have sex before marriage, and that's what most people think and um song of solomon talks about like don't awaken love until it's ready which he's talking about you know when you're married yeah. don't awaken that and so ultimately setting up those guardrails and those boundaries for yourself and not saying to the person like how far can we go but you know that goes back to how to date to display the lord yeah. you know is this a god honor relationship and you know intimacy is for the marriage yeah you made, I think, a really good point uh, earlier just about saying that when you started a relationship, you said, you know, we want to make sure that we conduct ourselves in a way that we're going to be better mm -hmm. uh, if we split up. Mm -hmm. Like, we're going to be better people. We're going to love Jesus mm -hmm. more. I think that's a, a brilliant way of going into a relationship. Yeah, yeah. And it just, it helps at the, you know, the start. And it kind of yeah. loses that pressure in dating when, you know, when I can see that person as a brother in Christ be like, you know, I hope you end up better, mm. even if this doesn't work out, you yeah. know, because that's for the Lord's glory as well. Yeah. Where do you see attraction and sexual desire in dating before um, marriage? I think it, it, uh, attraction in some sense needs to be there. I think that, uh, I listened to a different podcast that asked the question, um, if I'm not sexually attracted to the person that I'm, that I'm dating, should I marry them? And, uh, and I thought the person, answered that really well and said, 
well, no, actually, the it was a man answering it, and he threw it to to his wife earlier in the day, and she said, "So what's the problem?" <laughs> and and just basically made the point that that's like a normal experience for a lot of women that like that there's uh, a desire, there's an attraction, but there might not be this like strong sexual desire, um, and uh, so so I think that's an important point to make, but. Um, I think, you know, using the word guardrails is, is a good one. And, you know, for my wife and I, like we sat down and talked about what our guardrails were going to be in our relationship. Um, I think one of our challenges today is we date and, um, and we are engaged for so long because, you know, Mm -hmm. wedding planning is such a huge thing that like, it's just hard to, um, you know, relationships are meant to progress, um, physically and, and, maintaining uh boundaries is just hard over a long period of time um so i think just having boundaries and and ours involved um uh, not being alone in each other's homes uh our parents homes um and uh and i i don't even remember what some of the other ones were um we actually had a limit at one point on how many times we could kiss on a date. Um, did you like keep a counter? Yeah, we had one of those library <laughs> things. <laughs> did you did you do it or did Amy? Which one? That's a good question. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah. What do you think? Um, certainly, attraction and sexual desire play a role in marriage and should. Um, I think you know the scripture's clear that um, even in first first Corinthians about um, not uh, setting aside your sexual uh, intimacy unless it's agreed upon for a time of prayer and fasting. So, so your your marriage is designed to celebrate that and to embrace that, enjoy that. So, if you enter it without that, uh, you're asking for um, a lack of intimacy. So, hmm. uh, at the same time, uh, again, I think we as a culture, and I, I already made this point, but over-prioritize the, the physical attractiveness. And, and that's why, again, I say friendship is so big because it, once you become mm-hmm. good friends, attraction in some ways grows, which is also another guardrail once you're married and about being careful of friends mm-hmm. uh, in terms of that. But, but when you're single, cultivating friendships that are healthy and then letting it grow toward that when the attraction kicks in is is a beautiful way to pursue yeah. um, relationship. And I think um, just what you guys said kind of made me think of, um, I feel like I can jump in with a negative example of, um, you know, when I was dating Hallie, I found it important for her to know my past and know all of it. Um, and I found that in our marriage, um, in our early marriage, I definitely had to recover from that because it produced trust issues of her, reasonable trust issues. Um, and how you said, you know, if we if we enter into that intimacy that God has designed for marriage and marriage alone before that, then like we're asking for issues. And and you know, I'm not saying Hallie and I have huge sexual problems, but early on in our marriage, I definitely felt the weight of that. And and that. Um, and I definitely saw the, the ground almost that I needed to, to make up and, and, um, the, in the hole that I dug for myself and, and not honoring God with that prior to my marriage. Um, so I don't know if that's helpful, but yeah, I think that, 
we have this Hollywood perspective on on sex that like you know it's always crazy all the time and uh, and there's you know clothes flying everywhere <laughs> and I I know that like in our marriage like the the sexual um, intimacy and enjoyment of each other is something that has just like grown over the years and um, and one of those things when you look back it's like that was like super weird when we were first married and uh, and so I think that's just another piece of this that like we need to have a long-term perspective on um, sexuality and how we think about that um, in in dating I read something when I was first married um, and it talked about it, the title of the chapter in this book it was called sex a 20-year warm-up and at the time, I, I was like, 20 years? What are you talking about? Now I've been married 20 years. And, and I get what that's saying. And that is it's the tenderness over time. And, and the if you pursue it well together, it gets better, hmm. um, which, again, goes counter to our culture's way of thinking, yeah. which is, you know, you're young. That's when it's best. Right. And, and it actually grows as your relationship grows, yeah. if the relationship grows healthy. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, I got some rapid fire questions. These are all on subject. All right. So, online dating, good idea or bad idea? Mm, I've known people that like met their spouse through it. I don't know if I would ever do it. <laughs> It just like freaks me out. Mark her words. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We have the podcast. <laughs> I, I don't know. What do you think, Evan? Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to like. Um, I don't want to knock it. Um, and I, I, I also know people who have who have met like that. Um, and I think if it's something that like starts online and then stays online and you're like, I've only talked to this person online. I know them really well. Now we're in a very serious relationship. I, that may be a mistake without, you know, face to face contact. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't think it's fair to, to just straight up knock it. Yeah. I think it's a good idea. I think it's, yeah. uh, you know, sometimes it's hard to meet people in different ways. And if modern technology allows you to match some people and meet people who might be possible people, I think that's, that's helpful. Um, obviously, like anything, you have to be careful of it. There's a lot of people playing games and all of that. So, you know, you have to be wise, but I don't know why you wouldn't use, yeah. um, you know, the potential broadening of the people that might be of interest. Yeah. Um, when I was uh, first came to Orchard Hills, maybe 25 in, in a life group, and like probably half the people that were in that life group got married through online dating. Hmm. Um, it's it that's it's a real struggle to um well here's the next question how about this <laughs> uh where does somebody in their 20s meet other singles hmm. church <laughs> that's a great answer <laughs> oh man that's hard though because like they're most of them are like probably out of college and if they're just like working their full-time jobs but i think church is like a number one place like getting involved in like serving or like a small group you know life group whatever i think that's a good way to meet people yeah hmm yeah i don't or mutual friends mutual friends yeah. that's, that's, a, I, that's i mean you, that's yeah. that's how that's how i met hallie um was through a mutual friend bugging us for three years <laughs> um <laughs> you're stubborn aren't you 
<laughs> well, I didn't know about it for the first two. <laughs> so she, bug, she bugged Hallie. She bugged Hallie for a while, and Hallie was like, "What are you talking about? We don't know each other." And then she dumped on me, and then we met at a wedding, and we were like, "Mom, all right, cool. <laughs> Let's do this." I think? was at that wedding. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I remember. It's like. What's going on? <laughs> Who's that guy yes. that's hanging out with Hallie? <laughs> Why is he so sweaty? <laughs> All right. Let's just, any, yeah, anything you want to, yeah. Um, I, I, I've sailed on that deck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last question. Give us your best first date idea. Not, not your first date. You're giving advice to somebody mm-hmm. who's going on a first date. Give us an idea. Don't go to a movie. Oh, yeah. Y'all heard that? I've done that before. You just sit there and it's <laughs> awkward. <laughs> um, I think, like, just staying down face-to-face, like, I've gone to coffee shops. And just, like, I feel like you can just, like, really get to know a person in that conversation. And, like, the less, the less pressure and, like, just, like, make it chill, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Evan, a good idea. watch a movie. I, no, definitely not <laughs> see a movie. I, just real quick, funny story from my first date. If people have seen the movie Hitch, Will Smith has an allergic reaction and like his face gets all swelled up. He has to go like sip Benadryl. I like similar situation on mine and Hallie's first date. Actually, I got like stung by a wasp and oh, my oh armpit my started to swell up and we had to go get Benadryl and I got really sleepy. And so we went and got coffee and you know, it's just it's a roller coaster date, but it worked. Uh, but I, I I, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 w- I would say um, I think it's just just like Allison said it's good to take the pressure off and um, I think like trying to go out to a really romantic dinner is probably really intimidating for both of you and like sets unreasonable expectations of well we gotta click and um, just you know Pittsburgh has a lot of awesome parks and just places to be outside in public just walking together and getting to know someone um, buying someone coffee or just you know a lot of cool ice cream shops like milkshake factory stuff like that um, just where you can go talk low pressure yeah yeah no, I think you guys are right I think simple um, if it can be off of the traditional grid without creating a feeling of pressure mm-hmm. and what I mean is traditional grid is you go to you know this place that pl- you know same kind of places if you can do something that's a little creative that's great yeah. uh, but not so much so that it's like whoa you know I just met you yeah. uh, kind yeah. of a thing but if you know the person uh, get back to my friendship theme you've already become a friend um, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. you're actually you're showing something by asking somebody to go on a quote unquote date. Yeah. So then I would put some creativity into it and, and try to make it memorable and special and, and create a little bit of a, without it being too much pressure. But it, if you have a little bit of a friendship, you want. Yeah. Amy and I had a great date going roller skating recently nice. and it was so fun. <laughs> like we were surrounded by like sixth graders and we're just like, yeah, 30 and, roller skating together that's so awesome. I'd say just doing something active that's out of the box round and round wow this we just went full circle see what i did there nice <laughs> impressive that was, that was good well thanks for checking out the ask a pastor podcast if you have any other questions about dating ebrem at orchardhillchurch.com is who you should email <laughs> i'm not gonna put your email out there okay <laughs> 
one. That's the point. <laughs> but she does work Facebook. at Orchard Hill Church. <laughs> you can, you Attend, can figure it out. You never know. <laughs> Send questions our way. We'd love to uh, check them out in future podcasts. Uh, ask a pastor at orchardhillchurch.com. Thanks, guys. Great. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you.